Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Musgrove, and I'm joined by John Gibson. It is the international break, so no games to be played this weekend. Probably just what we want, John, a break from Newcastle United in the Premier League. I think we need it. But for those hoping that the transfer window would bring some relief, unfortunately it didn't. We did get that Hollywood signing of Santiago Munez, Munez, however you want to pronounce it. Um, but no first team players through the door. To much frustration of us, John, to much frustration of the fan base, social media was up in arms about it. And I imagine as well, John, much to the frustration, private frustration, privately, of Steve Bruce. Well, I would expect so, and I would hope so, because uh, there's absolutely no question that if Steve Bruce is perceived by fans as something of a yes-man, a man that easily accepts whatever in the last two years Mike Ashley has thrown at him without complaint, unlike uh, Rafa Benitez, who we know consistently complained and agitated uh, for things to be right. If Steve Bruce has put up with all that, what his loyalty has got him is being chucked on the fire by Ashley on transfer deadline day because Steve Bruce had talked quite openly about wanting four signings, a couple of midfielders, central defender, striker cover for Wilson, and he ended up with one player not four. Uh, It was a player that was already here last season. We're very thankful we've got him again. But that doesn't allow any fans to dream about what might improve, um, how good the new guys will be, how much a lift we get. We know what Willick produces. This is the same as last season, minus a striker cover, because Andy Carroll is gone. And we are well, well short. You look at the team now, the defence, eight goals conceded in three games. They've kept three league clean sheets since February, all against sides which are now in the championship. Um, So we know that the lack at the back, the lack legs, uh, the lack nous, midfield, again, the lack legs, they're not mobile in midfield and up front people talk about right we've got San Maximum we've got Almirin and we've got Wilson that is legs but we've got no cover for those guys and what and we know the San Maximum and Wilson are both injury prone what happens when they get injured not if they get injured when they get injured because they will um, and the, the whole thing is a joke and what's sickened me beyond anything and must be the same for fans because that's basically what you and I are as well uh, is that we didn't even bring in loan players we knew they wouldn't spend money because they got Willick and that's all the money gone etc etc but they wouldn't even pay a loan fee 
for to get loan players in or part of the wages because some of the wages were going to be subsidised. And this is what I mean about Ashley has hung Bruce out to, to dry. And Bruce, who will believe he's been loyal to the owner, is going to get terrible flack between now and January from the fans on the terraces and Monday to Friday as well, unless results go way beyond our expectations, and quite frankly, they won't. It was a disastrous day for us. It was a massive gamble by an owner that basically doesn't care. He just wants to unload Newcastle and doesn't care about what happens in the meantime. Now, I know social media is a very interesting place, and John, you're not on Twitter, probably... For the best, um, I wrote that Steve Bruce had been hung out of dry. I know a few other people did as well, and it provoked quite a bit of opinion. People were saying, well, he knew exactly what he was signing up for. You just mentioned that you think he was hung out of dry. Do you well, want to explain a bit more by what, what, yeah, what you think? Yeah, uh, I mean, from his point of view, he must feel that he's hung out of dry because he has been so loyal to Ashley uh, wrongly so, in my opinion, and wrongly so in a lot of opinions of fans. Ridiculously so, subservient, uh, really. Uh, but what has he got in return for that? He's got a transfer deadline day where we never got out the blocks that was a total embarrassment where he was scratting around trying to do a deal at Leicester and elsewhere, etc., etc., and it never really happened. He will feel he's been hung out to dry. But I totally agree with the fans. The, my opinion is I was talking from uh, Bruce's point of view. He's going to think to himself, thanks very much, Mr. Ashley. You've done me a great favour here because I'm going to be the first one to get it in the neck from the fans. However, we're absolutely right. What you sow, you shall reap. And, and Steve Bruce has toured the party line to such an extent that he isn't going to have any um, anybody back in his corner, any fan saying, e, isn't it a shame? Because they'll say, you've got what you've deserved. Because with Benitez, he was very clever in getting out to the public the fact that behind the scenes he was repeatedly agitating the owner to get signings in and that he wouldn't accept what he was told, and just lie down and die. Um, and really, the fans expect that. Can you see Steve Bruce following a similar track now? Do you think, come that press conference before the Manchester United game, he's obviously going to be asked what he thinks about the transfer of course window, he is. what happened with Chowdhury, what happened on deadline day. Do you think Steve Bruce will come out and say, do you know what, yes, I want a Chowdhury, yes, I'm a little bit, fr bit frustrated, or do you think he will stick to how he has been the last... 18 months or so, and he'll just tour the line, and he'll just say, right, it, it, you know, it's all about, you know, what's the point of me kind of complaining? If he's got any self-dignity, he will come out and make a stand. Because I guess you only need to do it once. We know Rafa Benitez did it time after time, and it didn't really get him very far. And I think in it this case... It got him case, the respect to the fans. It did, it did. But it didn't get him the signs he wanted, and then obviously oh, he left. You're never going to get that with Ashley, but exactly. don't... Toward the party line. Look, that's my point. I'm saying I think it, it, 
with the, the the situation that faces Newcastle United is that Steve Bruce is unlikely to to get the boot. Mike Ashley is unlikely to ever sanction a massive transfer spend. Um, uh, so what is the point of Steve Bruce repeatedly going after Mike Ashley and saying he didn't do this, didn't do that? I'm saying I think actually if he did it once, it, it might win him some favour with the fans. And that's all I can see, Steve. I can't see Steve Bruce repeating himself week after week and having to go like Benitez oh, did. It's far too late to do that, and he won't do that, and that's not the way he operates as a manager. But if he has any self-respect whatsoever, he's got to, on this one occasion, stand up for himself. Oh, 100%, it's yeah. not going to change anything with Ashley. It's not going to change anything with the fans. They will still not be swung onto his side. But they'll say at least... He's told it the way it is mm. for once. Yeah, one of the things. And if he has any, forget the fans and forget Ashley. If you're Steve Bruce, for your self-respect, you ought to get up and say, "Hey, I am bitterly disappointed. I had a few deals on the table that looked as if there'd be completion." They weren't. You all knew that I wanted four players. I ended up with one. Draw your conclusions about that. It is now going to be a hugely tough job to keep this team up, but that is what I'm paid to do, etc. For his own self-respect, he owes himself that because that is the way it is. Nothing's going to change. Nothing changed with uh, Benitez and... um, Ashley, but Benitez kept his self-respect and the fans understood that he was fighting their corner. The fans feel deserted by Mike Ashley, by Lee Charnley and by Steve Bruce and they're saying, what the heck is going on? Who is fighting our corner and the club's corner? Not the owner's corner, the club's corner. It's interesting because I remember after the, the January window, I think it was, I remember... Um, a friend of the podcast, Luke Edwards, who hopefully we will have on next week to talk about Newcastle United and the transfer window and what have you. I remember him saying, I think it was on a, it was on a fan podcast, maybe it was the True Faith one, and he said, you know, to my memory, he said he told Steve Bruce that he needs to come out and say, look, I wanted Ross Barkley, I think the name was, but I didn't get him. You know, we we didn't get the deal. Ashley didn't sign off. Um, it'd be interesting, um, you know, and he's right in a way because I think, like you say, with Benitez. The fans had the feeling he was fighting the corner. He was constantly airing his grievances. What's your take on how Bruce has handled it since he's had the job? Because he hasn't done that. He's got in the likes of St. Maxim. He's got in the likes of Callum Wilson. Has it worked to a certain degree where he's kept quiet and he's got up until this window, he's got the players that he kind of wanted? No, it hasn't worked because a manager should never go around being grateful. The, one, the, the minute a manager is grateful to upstairs, it, it's like licking. You don't do that. You keep pushing. I, at a very small level, had it when I, when I was chairman of Gateshead. I wanted my managers to push me to try to get deals because it meant they were trying to move us forward. And I did as much as I can to help them. But then when I couldn't, I couldn't. But you expect that, and fans above all else expect that from man. That is a manager's job, not to say thank you very much and, and touch your forelock, but to say, right, 
That's a start. Not to say we pushed the boat out for, for Willick, we cut all the corners, we did things we've never done before, and we've got Willick. Great. Has that cost us everything else? Um, it is the job of the manager to push and agitate at the owner to get what is best for him and for the club. And owners, proper owners, caring owners, expect that. Yeah, to bang on the door. That was Steve Bruce's phrase, to bang on the door. Uh, Interestingly, I think, because one of Steve Bruce's weaknesses in many people's eyes is the fact he wears his heart on his sleeve. He will say kind of, you know, what he wants to say. And it's not always, doesn't always go down well. Like, you know, we broke all the rules for Willick, left a lot of people scratching their heads, you know, playing thanks to the to the owner for getting him in. In a way, I think it would have been really interesting if he'd had a press conference this week, you know, 24 hours after the <laughs> deadline had closed. You didn't think he would do that, did you, by any chance? No, I mean, it just would have been really interesting to see. Oh, because sure. it would have been, I, I think he still would have been very frustrated. I imagine he's very frustrated how this window has gone. And he might not air it publicly as most of the fans want. But I think today, what we are, two days after, he'll still be quite angry at not getting the players he wants. That's just my opinion. Of course I don't, he'll you know, be quite not... angry because he's one step nearer taking Newcastle down. Uh, I'm not saying that's going to happen. Yeah. I'm saying it's a distinct possibility. And he knows that's now a distinct possibility because of the lack of action throughout the transfer window and particularly on Tuesday. Um, the cause was not helped whatsoever because... We lack legs all over the pitch bar up top and we have injury concerns up top. So there's not one department that is adequately covered as we go into a long grind. And what Tuesday told us at 11 o'clock, absolutely guaranteed, was that we are in a relegation fight. It's just a matter of whether we win it or we don't win it. But what was guaranteed is that we are in a relegation fight now. So just to sum up then, um, come Friday will be his press conference day. Obviously, all the focus will be on Cristiano Ronaldo and Manchester United, and we'll cover that in next week's preview, John. Yeah. But just some, what do you think Steve Bruce will say about the transfer window next Friday? Probably next to nothing. He won't. He, I don't think he'll have a little pop at all. I would like to think that he would try to defend himself, um, but I think that he'll say it's no good looking back. We've got to look forward. In which case, we can look forward to getting uh, backsides smacked at Man U. I mean, I know Manchester United is a totally different animal to us uh, in terms of the size of the potential of the club, financially I'm talking about. Um, But on transfer deadline day, they announced the signing of Ronaldo was completed and we announced we'd got a 19-year-old kid from Mexico to go into the academy squad. Now, I'm not having a go at the young man. I hope that he is wonderfully talented and does a terrific job. But that's for tomorrow, not for today. In the meantime, they've got Ronaldo, who, without going into it, because we'll be doing it next week, has scored, what, 785 goals for club and country in 1,073 games. He's 36 and finished, so he scored in the 89th minute and the 95th minute for Portugal in midweek to make it 111 goals for his country, the biggest total in the history of international football. He has gone back to them. By the way, it all started for him 
at Man U with a hat-trick against Newcastle United. The only Man U hat-trick he got before he went off, and now he's coming back. So they do that on transfer deadline. And by the way, they only got him for... Uh, they only had to pay, because of his age, of course, 19 million point eight for him. So does that make him the same player as Almirin or only half the player of Joe Linton? I'm not certain, but that's for another day for us to judge. Yeah, I would but like to see the wages. It might have only cost twenty million, but I wouldn't mind seeing the number on the wages. I think with the figures I've just given you, he deserves every penny he gets. He <laughs> guarantees your goals. Have you have you ever in your life come across figures as good? The last time I saw figures as good as that goals per game was Pele. And Pele magnificent, arguably still the best player of the world seen. But Santos played a lot of inferior opposition. That was in a lot of friendlies. They toured the world so that the world could see Pele. And they played a Malaysian 11, etc., etc. You can rack up three or four goals. These are figures from the best leagues in Europe. And yes, this guy is so different that he is playing for a manager who was 50-year-old next year, and he played alongside him. That's how long he, he played with Solskjaer. They played against Newcastle. Solskjaer scored two goals to beat Newcastle with Ronaldo at his side. And now Ronaldo's still playing and Solskjaer's his manager. That is the longevity of a guy. And whatever the wages are, A, they deserved, and B, your commercial department suddenly goes into overdrive yeah. because you're selling... Everything, yeah, selling literally everything. So he is a win-win for Manchester United. And do you think he might just, with all his drama that he loves, he might just want to score against Newcastle on his return to the Premier League after 13 years? Just a bit, and there'll be plenty more talk about Ronaldo next week. Let's look then, John, at the team. We've mentioned, you know, they are pretty weak in every department mm. when you take away the first choice. We'll start with the defence because we've mentioned it quite a lot on these podcasts already. We're only, <laughs> only three games into the season um, that they do lack a bit of pace. Oh, But we know Steve Bruce wanted an athletic defender. And this is a really key point here because for all the criticism of Steve Bruce, and look, I'm going to probably get some flack on social media for saying this, but for all the criticism of Steve Bruce, he's had a list, as we understand it, of of positions he, he's wanted to, to work with. He's wanted a box-to-box. He's wanted someone with a bit of a bite um, in midfield. He's wanted that athlete, athletic defender. And he hasn't got them. Now, it, we don't know whether, you know, as he says, he's gone and banged on the door, he's thrown a brick through the window, but we know he has wanted these players and he hasn't got them. So where does the, the blame lie for that? Oh, well, of course the blame lies in the main with Ashley, but he's wanted... He used to be a centre-half of absolute top top quality when he was in Manchester United. A terrific centre-half. He come into Newcastle United two and a bit years ago. N- never mind it didn't. And he's still not got with centre-half. The only guy he signs, Kraft, who he suddenly, who, who he plays in that position on time. He hasn't just not sold it on Tuesday. He hasn't just not sold it in the last transfer window. He hasn't sold it over two and a bit years the need for a centre-half that's got pace, that does things. Um, so he can't... The manager, whoever the manager is, cannot be absolved totally of all finger-pointing. 
because of Ashley. Ashley is unquestionably the problem, but he has not addressed this problem. He knows above all else what you need for a centre-half. He has had two and a bit years to get one and hasn't got one. Um, these aren't new problems. Newcastle have lacked pace at the centre of the defence. They've lacked legs in midfield for a while. Uh, it's not a problem that's just suddenly come because a key player like in the past Tony Green gets injured and you've suddenly got a massive, permanently injured and finished, you've suddenly got a massive problem in midfield and a hole to fill. These have been there for everybody to see for two and a bit years. And so that's where a lot of sympathy goes out the window. There's absolutely no question that at the end on transfer deadline day, he was trussed up like Houdini and thrown in the time. There's absolutely no... and told to swim. There's absolutely no question about that. But I tell you what's going to happen, he's not going to get one iota of sympathy from fans. And why not? Because fans think that he hasn't helped himself. And through not helping himself has not helped the club and them. And the team. Make no mistake about it. We're saying privately, Steve Bruce will be desperately, desperately annoyed and upset at being let down on Tuesday. And he will, and he has a right to. But I will tell you that the players in the dressing room, the senior players in the dressing room, will be furious. The, the, it, it, the lack of activity of the manager... The, the chief executive and the owner. Because if you're Sam Maximum, if you're Dubrovka, if you're Willock that's just come in, you look at the way we've started this season, you look at what's wrong with the team, and you want quality to be brought in to give you a lift, to give you a chance. It was Sam Maximum that said during the summer, wasn't it, that Newcastle United should not be in repeated relegation fights. Well, I bet when he, Alan wakes up, this weekend, and looks around, he'll say we're in a relegation fight this season. Well, it's interesting you mentioned that, and it might be me just reading too much into some quotes from Alan St. Max when you can find them on uh, the Newcastle United official website. He spoke after that Southampton game, and he was asked about, I think the question was about uh, being unfortunate, a bit of bad luck in the first three games, and he said, well, and I'm paraphrasing here, it's coming from a memory, but he said something like, I'd rather it happen now than in the last three games when it might be harder for us to win football games. Now, when I, I just one sentence, but some fans may interpret that as him saying, you know what, <laughs> that I'm setting my story, I think we're going to be in a relegation battle come the end of the season, because to me, that's exactly, that's exactly what he's saying there. Well, people aren't stupid, whether they're players, whether you're the manager, whether you're a fan, whether you're a hack, you can see what you see. And... There is no question that we're in a relegation fight because we have not improved the team or the squad one iota from the end of last season. And some would argue we're slightly less because of Carroll going and we haven't got cover up front uh, in depth. Um, we are in a relegation fight whether we like it or not. And by the way, we don't like it because that is all we've got to look forward to season after season after season. And what do we do at the end of the season? What do the club do? Trumpet that we've avoided going down again. Now, isn't that something to celebrate? No, it isn't. We shouldn't be in that position to start with. 
We've got some questions then from our listeners. First question from Paul, who sent um, a question over to me on email. He says, John, or he asks you rather, John, um, which position are you most worried about going into the next few months ahead of the, the January window? Great, great question. I'm quite frankly worried about each department, but I'm in the main worried about the defence because if we manage to keep the front fit, they will do enough to keep us up. Big if. And, uh, but, oh, we know that Wilson will never be ever, ever present, and we know that San Maximum won't. So we're in trouble there. But even when they're playing and firing, the way we are at the back, the typical Newcastle United result for me is Newcastle United 2, West Ham 4. Because we will score goals if Wilson and some maximums there and Willock is there, but we'll let him in. We've let eight goals in three games, and that is the problem. You can keep scoring the odd goal here and the odd goal there, but if they're leaking as consistently as they are, you're in massive trouble. And therefore, my biggest concern is the centre of the back. I was going to say, you could literally pick any position really of course you could. Of course I, you could you are worried that if Wilson gets injured who's going to score the goals you're worried even if as we mentioned there Wilson and St Maximum aren't on form you know they don't have to be injured they just have to be marked out of the game I'm also worried about the midfield because you watched that Southampton game and the space that these players had to run into was unbelievable the wing backs we've mentioned you know we're big we're big fans of Murphy and Richie and they did well last season but they have been found out in these opening games the ball over the top, it's too easy. Defensively, yeah. they're wingers. And then, as we've already previously mentioned, the defence, three at the back, looks slow. And you literally look around and you just think, ah, like, just, yeah, I'm just worried about kind of everything. And the other thing that doesn't help, John, is I look around the sides that are going to be inevitably alongside Newcastle battling for 17th, 16th mm. place. You know what I mean? Those kind of, it's when Newcastle are under Mike Ashley... I look around, I think some of them have strengthened really well. I mean, let's take Crystal Palace, for example. They've gone out and signed the chap from Celtic, uh, Eduardo, I'm gonna, that's how I'm going to pronounce his name. 15 million, Newcastle were linked a couple of seasons back. Uh, he scored a lot of goals. I know it's in the Scottish Premier League and it's not as high standard as is the Premier League here down over the border, but you know, it's still he's still got a great record there over in Scotland. He could be a bargain. And I look at that and I think that's an excellent sign. And we look around, you know, what other players have done. Brentford have signed AJ again from uh, Celtic. It, it looks like a very good signing. Every team pretty much they've, has strengthened. They've made an effort to, yes. uh, whether it works or not, and it could well work, they've made that effort. I mean, Southampton, so they, they bought Adam yeah, Armstrong. Um, now, we, Adam Armstrong and Ivan Tony have now both opened their Premier League goals accounts. Uh, and I sat with Supermac at the match on Saturday, sat literally next to him throughout the game, and he felt that Adam Armstrong is very, very comfortable playing at Premier League level, and I couldn't agree more. Um, now, what worries me there is when Wilson doesn't play, and let us not forget that at that game, he limped off at 1-0, having given us the lead. So theoretically, is he going to be fit for Manchester United um, for a start? And if so, is you know, is he going to tweak it again and then Leeds, which is more winnable than Manchester United away, but only just, does he miss that one? 
and you look at what Steve Bruce is, is doing um, in when Wilson isn't available. I mean, he told us that the trouble with Joe Linton was the number nine on his back, which is the famous number, and that he's not a through-the-middle centre-forward. He's best out wide, and I think that's absolutely correct, um, and therefore he hasn't got the number nine shirt, and if he, he plays out wide. But three times, we've played three league matches, and three times he's come on, and twice he's come on for Wilson. In the meantime, Dwight Gale, who signed a three-year contract, has not had one minute of Premier League football this season. He's not come on the Premier League match at all. And bear in mind, we haven't won any of those matches. So we needed goals. He's brought Joe Linton on to play through the middle in place of Wilson, which he's already admitted he can't do. And he hasn't brought... Dwight Gale on, who's a better finisher than Joe Linton is. It's interesting, hasn't it? Because again, you're looking at Dwight Gale, who has got an injury record. He's not; he never really keeps that fit. No doubt in his talent, but I also think in that scenario, it's you can't, you can't bring Dwight Gale on for Callum Wilson in a like for like scenario because Dwight Gale likes to hang on the last man, whereas Callum Wilson will go out and he'll get the ball, you know, and, he, and he'll. He'll go out wide if he needs to and come back in. Whereas for me, Dwight Gale is best right on that last man. And therefore, you have to change everything. And it's something that Newcastle don't do. It's always like flight. We don't really change I was going to say, with, with subs, aren't you supposed to change things? Because whatever you're doing, if the substitutions are not for injuries, it means that whatever you were doing isn't, isn't working. working yeah. So you've got to try something else. And so try a different centre-forward. I'll tell you, yeah, you're absolutely right. He plays a totally different way to Wilson. But I tell you what, he goes in the box. <laughs> yeah. Big Joe thinks there's sharks in the box. He wants to play outside the box. Now, you're not going to score goals unless you're regularly unless you're Bobby Charlton from outside the box, bringing them in the top corner. So... But the the question is, and one fan, I said to one fan, you know, why is three-year contract staying here? He's in his 30s. From the club's point of view, I know what Gail, from Gail's point of view, it, it, it's um, security, uh, the family like living up here, etc., etc. But from Bruce's point of view, why do we do it? And the fan suggested that we, we were doing it because he's not played because the club think he's championship level, but we'll give him a three-year contract so that we'll get some dough when we sell him. Well, I don't follow that because he's been here an awful long time and we haven't sold him. And nobody's put down enough money to sell him. So we don't have to give him a three-year contract to keep him uh, if we're never going to play him. He is the main hope through the middle when Wilson gets injured. Um, but he doesn't get a sniff of it. And you know what? To me, he looks dispirited. He looks as if he feels, I'm not rated, I don't give a chance, I never get He looks dispirited. He, looked, he did look very frustrated against Burnley. You could, see, you could sense it. He was, he was getting a bit tense. And while I've got everyone, just a quick reminder to please like and subscribe to the podcast. It's free to do. And if you can leave us a review as well, that really does help us. It just means that the episodes we put out get out to more people. You can just scroll down to the channel on Apple 
uh, sign in and leave us a review. Good or bad, we'll take the constructive criticism as well as all the positives. I'm over on YouTube as well. Drop us a subscribe. There we are recording this episode, and that'll be put live out on that channel, as well as all the Giveaways Corners episodes. We've got the History uh, series as well called The Chronicle hosted by Matt Ketchell, so do stay and look out for that one. Uh, so yeah, the question from Simon talks about Steve quote, saying that the squad, or question how the squad could be any weaker. Do you think it is? Well, there's, yes. Um, he's saying how kind of Bruce is trying to argue that it's not weaker from the end of the season because he got Willett back. But yes, he is, because Carroll's gone and Carroll hasn't been replaced by another striker. So you're worn down. I'm not saying whether Carroll's good enough or not. He certainly didn't deserve another contract. But if you don't give him one, Muto went as well, but Muto wasn't with us last season anyway. But if you don't give him one, you've got to then put another striker in to numerically have the same number as you had last season. So it is weaker um, in depth. The squad is weaker if the team is not weaker, uh, because Cavill wasn't in the team. Uh, there's no question about that. And, as you have already mentioned, Andrew, everybody else is stronger because they've done business. We have either stood still or were weaker. Every other squad is stronger. We've had a few questions, and we'll finish on this one, about the claim that there is no money. Now, you look at the players that got rid of. Now, I know, I know not everyone went for cash. I know not everyone was in the first team, the likes of... Lejeune, Muto, Savé. There's been quite a few players who have gone out. Atu. Atu. So there's been money taken off the wage bill. What is your view on the club saying, you know, that the pandemic's hit us, we have no money to spend, and Steve Bruce saying we broke all the rules to get Joe Willick in. Do you buy that? Because, like we say, the clubs around them have gone out and spent money. Absolutely not. Um, COVID's never hit any other club on Newcastle United. Um, it, it is an absurdity. Um but it's the party line handed down from Ashley. This is why we can't do things. And by the way, sound grateful for getting Willock. Um, it is an absolute nonsense. We have suspected and known for a long time that Mike Ashley doesn't really care about Newcastle. If ever there was confirmation about how little he cares, we've just had it. Because this club has been deliberately hung out to dry by Mike Ashley, by what he is allowed or not allowed to happen in this transfer window. And we'll finish on the toughest question of all, John. <laughs> Give me one positive about this transfer window. Joe Willett coming. That's the only positive there is. And the fact that if we can keep the front healthy, which is a huge front, there might just be three sides worse than us come the end of the season but isn't that one heck of a way if I'm to live the next nine months <laughs> it is indeed well, there we have it give us summing up of the transfer winner for Newcastle United do remember to please like and subscribe and next week we'll have an episode of Gibbo's Corner it is on Terry Mack we'll be talking about the player the coach a legend of Newcastle United so do look out for that one and in the meantime head over to chroniclive.co.uk to keep up to date with all the latest Newcastle United news